Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to award-winning NKBA certified master kitchen and bath designer, Jan Nage. Jan is adamant that you should be selling to design, not designing to sell. And she's here to share how you can improve your closing ratio, gain more control of the sales cycle, and earn a design fee within two hours. We'll hear all the details in just a minute. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Well, hello there. Hi there. How are you? Um, as always, wonderful. Oh, good. You know, uh, <laughs> it's uh, we just were talking to another podcast uh guest who said that he never answers with anything but a positive when I ask that question. How are you? Always upbeat and I'm awesome and more awesome as the day goes on. Well, everybody always thinks of me as such the optimist, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We'll leave that one hanging a little bit. So I'm excited about today's episode. Of course, I'm excited about all our episodes, but especially about today's episode because we get to talk about selling, we get to talk about closing, we get to talk about design, all the fun stuff that goes into they were running a remodeling and, and we get to talk to one of the, the faves of our last uh, Remodeler Summit. That's so right. She, she, was, she was a big hit at Summit. So. Yeah. We expect nothing less of her here today, do we? No, no. All right. Should we kick it off? Kick away. Jan Nige is an NKBA certified master kitchen and bath designer with 41 years of sales experience. She's going to be sharing some simple gestures, comments, and body language that can improve your first impressions and ha- help you make sales. Jan and I met at NKBA or at the KBiz several years ago, and I saw her present, and she was awesome. So welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, Jan. Well, thank you for having me. You bet. You know, again, you were such a hit at the summit. It was I loved reading those reviews. So, Jan, why is making a first impression important these days when we're seeing fewer people in person? Because you have to stand out. And I have found that people are forgetting about the importance of making a first impression. And it's so easy to improve. And that's what I really want to delve into today. All right, great. So what are some of the mistakes that people are making right now? I think for one, they're not dressing for success. If you're trying to sell a project that is in the thousands of dollars, 25000 300000 a million and a half, you need to dress like you have that money in the bank. We are in the fashion business. And I really recommend that you buy that one power outfit mm-hmm. because it's the first meeting, whether it's Zoom or it's in person, the first meeting, wear that outfit, and it just totally changes the playing field. You are looked at it, being someone who respects people because you're respecting the way you present yourself. Now, do you think that, well, first of all, this is for men and women, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah? So can you give us an example of what that one power outfit is for each? Okay. So we all understand we're in a somewhat casual business mm-hmm. based on the fact that we're in the field. So for men in particular, you don't necessarily need to wear that suit 
but you need to just look clean and smart. So if by chance you tend to make appointments after you've been in the field all day, make sure you have a pair of clean slacks that are not wrinkled, clean shoes that are polished, Mm -hmm. a matching belt, and a shirt tucked in, and a nice jacket or winter coat. Okay. Hang it in your truck. There are so many places around where we live that we can sneak into a a gas station or whatever and change Mm -hmm. for that first meeting. Women, I understand leggings are super comfortable. Everybody's wearing them. But I want to tell you something. Nobody wants to see your arse. So it's not about showing off your body parts. So wear something a little bit more sophisticated. There are a lot of nice tailored tunics. Be creative. If you're not creative, ask your friend or hire someone to come over to your house and reimagine your wardrobe. Because I can assure you, you have something in there that is more respectable. And and also shoes, comfortable shoes, these six inch heels and three inch heels, you know, I really think they're impractical Mm -hmm. because very pointy heels. When you go into someone's home who happens to have wood flooring, you are marring that floor. Right. Now, what do you say to people who, who push back and say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm came up through the field. I'm a construction person. I should reflect what it is I do for a living. Well, if the business works for you and you don't need any more business and you're not uh, running into problems where you're saying, why can't I fill my pipeline and why am I losing a high percentage of of these leads, um, then you can wear whatever you want to wear. All right. Great. So you talked about being in the fashion industry. How do you mean? We are in the fashion industry because we everything someone wants in their house is a fashionable item, whether it's the new shingles on your roof or an interesting front door or or the different kinds of colors around frames for windows, cabinet finishes, finishes on hardware. It's all fashion. And I think if people were to take that thought in a simplistic way, they would then go, yeah, I am in the fashion business. I need to look trendy. Mm -hmm. I need to look like I get it Mm -hmm. because I want them to buy for me. So you talked to me the whole, we want to focus on first impression. So obviously, as we discussed, attire, getting out of that clean car and that sort of thing to, if you're able to meet in person, what are some other things people need to do to develop that strong first impression? I think, first of all, it's extremely important you show up on time. Mm. And if you're running late, you need to make that phone call. If you are someone who is always late, I really urge that you improve upon that bad habit. Mm-hmm. When you enter the front door, um, wear booties or ask if you need to take your shoes off. It again shows respect. It shows that you respect their space. Most of us get greeted with that pet that comes running to the front door. Mm -hmm. Ask if it's okay that you can put your hand out for the pet to smell your hand because the pet has to approve you as well. Right. When you're in the home and you're exploring things with them during that first meeting and you feel compelled that you need to open a door or open a cupboard for some reason, checking on the plumbing, et cetera, ask Mm. permission. Mm -hmm. Is it okay that I open this door? Is Mm -hmm. it okay that I open the drawer? Again, it's not so much that we're afraid something's going to fall out. It's, again, a simple gesture where you're 
where you have respect for their space. Mm-hmm. Hey folks, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've likely heard me refer to our Roundtables Peer Group Program. We've had a bunch of our members on the podcast in the past and I always try to give them a shout out. Now, if you're not familiar with Roundtables, it is the industry's largest peer group program. And we've been hosting them, the peer groups, for over 30 years. We bring together groups of 10 to 12 business owners from non-competing markets to share strategies, to share experiences, to help one another build action plans to drive the results of each of these companies forward in a way that I've never seen before. We know that you can be successful on your own. But by working with roundtables and a group of your motivated peers, you can cut your progress time in half. There's just nothing like it. Why be alone? Why figure this stuff out all by yourself when you can figure it out with a group of people who know exactly how your business works, what your challenges are, and will share how they overcame each of these. We'd love to have you join us. If you want to learn more about this, visit our website at remodelersadvantage.com. Or talk to Steve Wheeler at steve at remodelersadvantage.com and he can give you more information about the program. Seats are limited because they have to be non-competing markets. So call today and get to be part of this incredible community of generous, smart, savvy, motivated remodeling company owners. So, you know, you're a designer, right? Why do you focus so much on selling versus just designing something spectacular and having it do all the talking? Well, first of all, I'm going to say something that might surprise you. And someone had said this years ago is the most successful designers are not great designers. Really great marketers. They know how to sell themselves and it's because they have a process and the process makes sense to the person on the other side of the table. What is it that we're really doing in this industry? We're really solving problems through design. So the reason why I focus on selling to design is because you have to sell yourself before you then can deliver the solutions to solve the problem. Okay. So why do people always struggle with the concept of selling? From my years of consulting with my colleagues one-on-one, I find that they have this particular negative vision of a sales person, the used car salesman or something, and they feel it's beneath them to say, I'm a salesperson. I mean, if you're at a cocktail party and someone says, hey, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. Sounds so much better than if you were to say, well, I solve problems through design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some other tips on that first impression that you feel are must-dos? I think first impressions are, regardless of what the look of the house is, you need to be positive. Wow, there's a lot of possibilities here with your house, as an example. Also, bring with you a folder to promote you. So many of my colleagues, when I bring this up, are like, oh, yeah, you know, I I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore. And when you have a sales process, you can never deviate from the process. You always have to do it all the time, the same way all the time. So as an example, what would be in a folder? Well, first of all, um, you can put uh, an image of your business card on the front of the folder. 
inside the folder, and this is what I do, inside the folder on one side, I have information about me, including my certifications or my membership certificate of an organization I'm involved with. Even if things are not applicable to my business, it can show you, it can show them how diverse you are. Um, I also have included a list of testimonials mm-hmm. of previous clients. Why wait for them to ask? It's already in there. Mm-hmm. I'm proud. I'm having nothing to hide. Then on the other side, because I read a lot of trade magazines, of which I'm sure everyone in this mm-hmm. industry does, we run across a lot of interesting articles. The ones that I specifically like are the articles that are surveys from the remodelers. And that's a value because so many times your clients say, well, what does everybody else do? Mm -hmm. So it's in the folder. And also I have in the folder, if I run into some really interesting products, like just recently from KBiz this past year, Roan Newtone has a new bath light vent that has, it's called Surface Shield. And it's this particular light that's antibacterial. Mm. So I have that now included. But having a leave behind is as important as what you do with it when you are in that client space. So when I do my complimentary visit, which is my first visit, I measure. And while I'm measuring, before I measure, I make reference to that I have a leave behind for the client. I sit down, I open it up, and I explain what's in it. I explain why I have all those relevant relevant pieces of information in there. And I say, I say, when I work with my clients, I want to make sure that they're educated every step of the way. And here, Mrs. Smith, is a lot of articles that I think might be of interest to you. And then I walk away and I start measuring. So that also helps them stay focused on the folder while I can measure and not miss a number because they're asking me questions. Jan, do you think that the remodelers or, or design build firms out there that have two or three or four designers on staff – should should they also do that, have a folder that's about that one particular designer with information about him or her, and even though it's the company's employee, so to speak? Well, I guess it depends on when that designer gets involved in the project, who within that design firm is really selling the job. If the person who's selling the job, selling the company, makes reference to our team, then yeah, they should have information about the team in that folder during the first meeting. I think if you have separate folders for each designer, it could get mm, a little bit, um, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking at, but you then have to monitor to make sure that that designer who went to that job had the updated information in the folder. It just becomes more cumbersome to manage. Mm -hmm. So what are some other things? Okay. So we talked about being on time. We talked about appearance. We talked about a leave behind piece. We talked about opening cupboards and things like that and wearing booties and asking permissions throughout. What Anything else that are big, big red flags or big things you must do? Yes. So one, and it's very simple, be a little original. So how about create note cards and don't make Hallmark rich. You have your phone. Go out and take pictures. You can take pictures of um, whatever it is you want. I have several pictures that I use. One is a kitchen in deconstruction mode. Another one is a bathroom in deconstruction mode. And I create blank note cards. 
And if someone sends me a design fee and says, you know, they want to hire me to do their kitchen remodel, I send the picture of that kitchen in deconstruction mode and say, look forward to the, you know, working together. This mm-hmm. will be fun, exclamation mark. And then they look at that picture and they probably go, ah, or whatever. <laughs> they remember. Mm-hmm. And what's important is in this note card, I have information on the back with my telephone number and website and card designed and photographed by Jan. So it also says, hmm, I'm creative. Mm-hmm. And I handwrite the envelope. Mm. Why do you do that? Real, because when you go and get your mail, Victoria, mm-hmm. and you get a handwritten envelope, which would you open? Definitely. They're the first things I open. That's right. Now, this time of the year might be a little different because of the holiday cards, but still, handwrite, and it's so simple. And and I do not accept the excuse, I don't have time. It takes mm-hmm. five minutes, not even two minutes, whatever. So that could be perceived by some as being old school. What do you think? I don't think it's old school. There have been times, and let me step back. My business card has a photograph of me on the card. So usually I'm setting an appointment for the first time with someone within a week or two week period. Soon as I get off the phone and I know the date I'm meeting them, I send this note with my card in the mail. And usually first time note card might be a pretty picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, one year I went to Napa Valley. So of course I took pictures of the vineyards and I use that as a, as a photograph. So, so many times when I get to that house, that note card is on the refrigerator. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And because I have a photograph of me on the business card, they know who's coming to the front door. All right. That, and that's really important. That makes them feel a lot more comfortable. It, and it, Yes. And it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Jan, we talked about um, before the show, you were, you were mentioning that you could um, earn a design fee within two hours. What specifically, what, what is it about what you're doing is, is that, that you can do that in two hours and get a design fee? Good question. I sell myself when people, when you're trying to solve a problem, you have to uncover the problem. And I use this little story in the beginning when I talk to people initially, and I'll briefly talk about it here is I say to clients on the phone before I meet them. And again, when I meet them, because I understand people don't remember hundred percent of what you say. So repeating is always important. I say, you know, there are three ways to start a remodel. Two of the wrong ways, one's the right way. One wrong way is you call in a contract and say, hey, I'm thinking of remodeling, yada, 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 yada. And if you kind of feel good with the person when they walked in the door and they rattled off an estimate of which you had in your mind that I think that'll work, then you go, hey, great, let's move forward. And now this person gives you a contract with all these allowances. And now you're second guessing what's in the allowances. That is not the way to start a remodel. Remodel is a very stressful event, and you now want to start a relationship with someone by second-guessing the allowances. Second wrong way of starting a remodel is you nudge your partner and say, hey, let's go check out creative homes. Let's go look at this showroom. Months go by. Years go by. And every time you go to these different places, you'll, you might have the same question, but you'll get different answers. And then you just shut down. And then you never move forward with your remodel. Third way to start a remodel, which is the right way, is to whether you work with me or you work with someone else, is to focus, work with someone who's going to focus on the configuration of the space. Because 99% of the time as to why someone's remodeling, and this is a qualifying element for me, 
99% of the time, someone's remodeling because there's a problem in the space. It's too small, it's too big, uh, work area, whatever it is. That's the problem you need to solve. And so when I do my complimentary visit, I'm talking about that. I'm not solving their problem that day, but I'm showing them examples of how I've presented my design concepts to previous projects. So, and, and that's how it works. Now, when I qualify a client, there have been times where someone has said, I love my space. I just want everything new. I'm like, oh, okay. Then we don't need to do design concepts. We'll just go to the next step, which is another process called day with a designer. Okay. Very cool, Jan. Very cool. So this is one of my favorite segments because I get to really peer inside the head of our guests. It's time for the lightning round. Are you ready? <laughs> and now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. Okay, here we go. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. What is your favorite business book and why? The author is Daniel H. Pink. To sell is human because it really just says that we're all salespeople and it's very motivational. If you weren't a kitchen and bath designer, what do you think you'd be doing? I would own an art gallery. <laughs> what are you not very good at? CAD drawing. <laughs> That's why I hire it out. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car? Which would you clean first? My, my room first. Name something you refuse to share. I refuse to share. Oh, that was a tricky one. You want to skip that and get back to me? Okay, all right. We have 60 seconds. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that one. What's your oh, favorite? I've got it. I've got it. Okay, I got it. it. I have stitches. I have a scar on my buttocks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Jan, this has been great. We really appreciate appreciate you taking the time to come in and talk to us about this stuff. You know, just getting people to think about things that are simple, like you said, but the difference they can make is profound. Now, two things. If they want to learn more about you and about what you do, where would people go to find that? Um, if they want, if they're interested in me on a professional level in consulting, in, in selling, I would recommend that they email me, which is my name, jan at jannej.com, or they can call me on my cell, which is 719-371-4498. Thank you. Now, before we let you go, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and why they resonate with you. Face-to-face, -face, their space. Face-to-face, -face, their space. Okay, and that resonates with you because? It resonates with me because that is a key in improving your sales is you want to make sure, get in, get into the space of your clients. Mm -hmm. Get to their home as soon as you can. Strike while the iron's hot. Okay. All right. Great. Well, again, Jan, thank you so much to uh, for, for you spending the time with us and talking about selling and closing and first impressions. We appreciate it. You are welcome. Happy holidays. Thanks. Thanks Same yeah. to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, um, Jan really touched on some, you know, back to basics things that I think people, especially 
in this day and age with all of the electronics and virtual and digital and all that, just forget. Yeah, it's just foundational almost, you mm-hmm. know, or kind of like some forehead slap moments, mm-hmm. face palms. Yeah. Insert your meme here. Yeah, you know, and I was I was sort of surprised at her comment about appearance and dressing up, but it again it makes of course total sense. yeah it makes total sense. But you know, to put you just you, I guess you know some people just get complacent, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you've been doing it for years on end, and it's just like eh, I'm just going to run out there. I'm, right, I'm a casual person, and but you know, it's first time they're ever seeing you, first time they're ever meeting you face to face. It's first impressions, right? Very much so. You know, you think about some of the other types of professionals that you deal with and how you'd feel about them if they were dressed super casually. And yeah. that, that's the same for somebody selling a massive remodeling project. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if she mentioned it during the show or, or in our pre-show conversation, but I'm just going to reiterate it just to make sure. She was pretty much – it was about the first – Visit the first impression. Yes. You know, second, third time you're coming by the place, you can be casual. Yes. You, you've already kind of built a relationship. You know each other. Right. Now you can be cash, but not that first time. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, good stuff. I was so tempted because, I mean, talk about a cliffhanger, how she got that scar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably a whole show in itself. Yeah. So, okay. So, <laughs> back when I was going to the National Speakers Association conferences, there was a speaker, a Southern speaker, and he was really funny, and he was missing one arm. So, he was telling the story about how he would say to somebody, they'd say, can I ask you a question? He said, yes, you can ask me one question. And they'd say, how'd you lose your arm? And he said, it was bit off. <laughs> <laughs> That that's it. fantastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> something similar. Right, right. Oh. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> well, we want to thank Jan for sharing these great insights with us. And, of course, we want to thank you, our loyal listeners, for joining us week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.